previously on Cinema Swap. I feel like westerns, unfortunately, will probably never come back. They're just they don't make them fun anymore. Three Ten to Yuma was really good. I it was, oh. and so was actually. I was trying to think of other ones that were more recent. Django, Django, yeah, yeah. Hateful Eight was pretty good. I yeah, so those were definitely a bit more. I'd say those are more though, like Grindhouse than they were West. Despite people okay. being, it's like yeah, yeah. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of CinemaSwap, the podcast where we take a look at older movies and think, if this was made today, who would be cast as the main characters? I'm your host, Chris, here with my two fearless and loyal co-hosts, Sam. Oh, hey. <laughs> Sam's back this week and he welcome forgot back, he was here. Welcome back, Sam. <laughs> and Forrester. Yeah, I'm, I'm just always here. In fact, I, I live in the studio. I just, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah. We actually Please sort of like Tron. We sucked Forrester into the computer, and now he only pops up on Zoom calls. Yeah, they have to feed me movies. by uh, by spraying um, spray cheese into the uh, floppy disk hole. Yeah, and then I just I stuffed him in face first. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> We've yeah. all seen Tron, right? That's how that I, works. <laughs> I, you know, I, I never saw Tron, so I'm assuming this is how it happened. <laughs> They definitely stuffed Jeff Bridges into a floppy disk hole. That's how that worked. Well, <laughs> we're not talking about Tron, are we, Chris? No, we certainly aren't talking about Tron today. We're going way back. This actually might be the oldest movie we've looked at so far, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I yes. think so, because this was 67, Six. I think. Yeah. 66 or 67. I don't know. Probably yeah. a December release. Who knows? Yeah. Just in time for Christmas, kids. Yeah. The youngest Clint Eastwood's ever looked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> even, even when he was born, he didn't look this young. He came out like, he's, it was like a he, Benjamin he, Buttons he, thing, but he got like halfway and then started he, aging again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't get younger. He just... oh, and God. so I watched the movie just hours ago and it's a three hour movie and I managed to get through it all this morning. But, you know, I love Westerns. What movie are we watching? I'll get to it. I'll fucking get to it. (laughs) The the audience, the listeners, they love this foreplay, the buildup. We're just edging them closer and closer to the title of the movie. And as soon as we say it, it's just a climax of anticipation. I mean, I appreciate that. But I feel like they, I mean, if they clicked on the the title of this. Sam, Sam, they don't read. We've told them multiple times to not okay. read. And if they're good yeah. listeners, and if they're still listening, then they know not to read. <laughs> okay, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I didn't want to. If you read this, again. bad listeners. Bad listeners. <laughs> now, as I was going to say, Sorry. I love Westerns. I've, I can't say I've seen every single one, but all the ones I've seen, like 310 to Yuma or uh, Django or. Um, Magnificent Seven, that's a pretty fun one. Although I have only seen the newer one, I will admit. It's still pretty good. Oh, oh, oh. oh fun so fun fun fact about this movie. So just like the Magnificent Seven, it was also ripped off some Japanese samurai movie called the uh I think it was the Ronin with no name, something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now the movie we are talking about today, listeners, is the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, which is 
maybe one of the most famous Westerns of all time. Like it's one people think of, I think a lot when they think of cowboy movies, they think of Clint Eastwood in that poncho. Uh, you know, Murphy is agreeing. If you hear him on Sam's, uh, Sam's feed there, Murphy's a big Western fan. Murphy is Sam's dog. And uh, he's our special guest for this episode. <laughs> but he might be chiming in. Yeah. That's okay. I say think... hi, Murphy. He's not going to say hi now. No, he's going <laughs> to leave dying. it quiet now. <laughs> I think we can say that even though this, like, this is probably, yeah, it's probably one of the best-known Westerns, but it's also the one that made spaghetti Westerns, like, actually kind of acceptable. At Before this point, everyone's like, ah, they're like, it was like cheap horror movies now, where no one cares. But then, like, this one came out, and people were like, oh, shoot, I guess they can be good movies. <laughs> it's, it's because I feel like spaghetti westerns before were just really pulpy. It's like, the, you know, yeah, not like super high budget, just like... <laughs> well, that's, like, that's kind of the point of spaghetti. Like, this like yeah. this one's, like, I'd say the good, the bad, and the ugly is, like, barely a spaghetti western. Like I didn't see a single fucking spaghetti, spaghetti. Spaghetti westerns are, like, when you think back, they're, like, the really, really shitty western movies where you can clearly see like they're they're not and they're not in the desert it's of some shitty backdrop all the entire time uh the entire set's made of styrofoam like it's but like i would yeah. be interested i'd be interested to learn why in the 50s and 60s italian oh. directors had such a fascination oh, Chris, with the wild i have an West. answer for you or oh. at least uh not an answer but I mean, at least the origin for spaghetti westerns is a lot of these films were filmed in Italy. And the reason being is that it was very, very cheap and there was very few like rules, basically. Yeah. So in Hollywood, they started running a lot of rules, like safety rules, as well as like content rules. In Italy, it was like, fuck it, come here. We'll give you money to film here. We'll give you the most amount of tax cuts. Uh, this one involved was also in Spain and they actually used straight up the Spanish army, helped them out and like filmed a bunch of stuff for them. Like that's... that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. jumping way, way ahead in the storyline, there is one point where, where Tuco and Blondie, they accidentally want, they accidentally wander to the front line <laughs> of a battle between the union and the Confederacy. And there's just so many dudes around that, standing around <laughs> silently just kind of going about their shit and that would explain it why it's the spanish those, those extras are the yeah. spanish army and that bridge like kind of a fun not a fun fact but a sort of fun fact is that bridge got blown up twice because they act like the spanish army it was already a built bridge and the spanish army was like yeah we'll blow it up for you and somebody like a stagehand accidentally gave the command and so they blew it up when no cameras were filming and like the Spanish army felt so bad about it that they're like, no, we'll rebuild you that bridge and blow it up again. So like, how do they give the intern the fucking trigger pass? <laughs> I think it was they all had walkies and like there was a there was a key phrase I can't remember it was Italian or Spanish and it was just like let's go. It's also it's a phrase for like go, but it's also a phrase for like if you say it twice, like oh yeah everything's good. And it's like some stage here, it's like, oh yeah, everything's good to go. Oh. And like someone would go. And like it's like a shtick moment where Beep. someone's like, what's that? Go. Don't go until I say go. Go. And like well, it's, it. it's like that, it's like that scene from Tropic Thunder where at the very start of the movie when Danny McBride's up in the tower and he sees he sees Steve Coogan jumping around loose and she goes, That's a signal, blow the tree line. And they do like a seven million dollar explosion <laughs> when no cameras are rolling exactly like that exactly like that yeah i mean obviously that was probably inspired by this kind of thing i mean like one thing i noticed 
I mean, it's got that classic Western movie score that. I didn't realize it was from this movie. Yeah. I heard the music before and then I saw it like, oh yeah, look at that. I know that song. Ennio Morricone. Yeah, fucking legendary. He just passed away, I think, last year or the year before. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, Great composer. And I'd say, like, that really, I mean, it's a good movie. It's Mm. like the screenplay, well, no, it's more direction than anything else, but like, that score makes this movie have like a lot more feeling than it would normally have. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can also, I see a lot of where Quentin Tarantino got his inspiration from. I mean, and then we, we knew that already, but yeah. it's kind of neat seeing. It's like, this is like, you could just see him fucking furiously jerking it to this and <laughs> while writing notes with the other hand. There being are like, I'm going to make such a movie like this. I think there's a weird, there's definitely a bat scene with feet dangling out, and he was probably like, oh, feet. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Clint Eastwood's feet, I think. Yeah, that or. Uh, oh, no, 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 name? Tuco. It's Tuco. Yeah, and Eli that. Wallach. Yeah, and we'll get to their names. Don't yeah. say their names too so, early. Sh- oh, sorry. Better cut that out. Ah, uh, man. Also, the hunt for lost Confederate gold is a fun storyline. Like it's a it's a treasure hunt, but the Confederate gold angle is always great. Like another classic, Sahara. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm sure this film has inspired a lot of like a lot of movies much later on. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, for sure. I do want to say before we get. Well, there's there's so much to say about this movie. Uh, I'm not going to go through it all, guys. Just check out the IMDb trivia because it has most of the stuff that you'll notice if you're watching the movie. But um, Chris, you mentioned that it felt very badly dubbed. And there's, I guess, a pretty good reason for that. Um, like, I mean, it's not there's not a good reason why it's badly dubbed. But most of the, <laughs> most of the extras <laughs> were just speaking whatever language. They were told just to speak. Like they're speaking Italian, they're speaking Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Chris is mouthing things, listeners, but you can't see that. It's actually <laughs> just mouthing. That's what just I call mouthing. it. Mouthing. Oh, I'd be God. like, I'd tell my girlfriend, like, hey, baby, you want to go in the other room and mouth? <laughs> <laughs> she's, uh, she's never <sighs> taken me up on the offer. Anyways, part of the reason too is they were using cameras that were like slightly better, but they had really shitty audio. So you basically had to dub. And I think every line, except for, like, there's a few lines by the English-speaking actors that weren't dubbed over, but even half of their lines, like, later in studio were dubbed. Yeah, I was real yeah. distracted. That's, I think that's pretty common, though. Dude, I think, like, that, that's very, very common in, uh, in movies, even now, to, like, redub over and just, like, clear up the audio. Yeah. because I, I do imagine... that for this show. For our podcast, I... Yeah, you guys haven't really listened to a lot of our episodes, but it's actually just I write down everything we say by hand, and then I re-record everything by like just by myself, just putting on a voice for each of you. Yeah, Chris is actually a phenomenal voice actor. Although you guys wouldn't know this because you've only heard Chris talk, but he yeah. does sound exactly like us. <laughs> if you're listening right now, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh. <laughs> One thing I noticed in this movie that. Kind of made me laugh. I mean, it's not really a funny movie, but there's a couple other things where it's like it's just so like corny. Like I felt bad for it. at the very start of the movie when Angel Eyes walks into that guy's house. His little kid just wants to eat his breakfast stew, and he couldn't <laughs> eat his breakfast stew because there was a murderer there, and that's not fair to that child. <laughs> yes, Chris, that's 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 not fair. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Sam, you have a favorite part of this movie? Because you've seen it probably more than the rest of us. Um, there's there's a lot of really good lines. I don't know, like two, so like two parts that really stood out to me is like one is when, uh, when Duco uh, comes and like corners, uh, corners Clint Eastwood in his, I guess, like hotel room and gets him to put the noose on his neck. And then a fucking cannon comes out of nowhere and destroys <laughs> the entire thing. And that's the only reason why fucking all, all the Confederate troops had left the town. And then the Union just yeah. starts shelling this middle of nowhere <laughs> like desert that's, town. That's, that's not a storm. I think those are cannons. Yeah, and yeah. Very <laughs> clearly cannons because it's a bright sunny day out the window. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then, and, then, and then the fucking this, this I mean the standoff at the end was just fucking beautiful. Oh. Like when, like I'd like, honestly, my favorite, my favorite part of this movie is the, the very, very end when he just leaves. <laughs> I like Duco just like hanging there and just like it is... goes out of sight and then just snipes him. It's like, what a fucking troll. Yeah. yeah. Like, like... Oh yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's a yeah. very, I could, I'm going to make you think that you're going to die looking at a thousand dollars, like, uh, no, a hundred thousand dollars worth. Which is so much for so I much mean so much now, let alone let alone that. I would take a hundred thousand dollars now, but a hundred thousand yeah. dollars in eighteen sixty-three or whatever, yeah, you can be set for your entire life. Yeah. In, gold. in gold, it's, yeah. I think like, like, that, like that's that's enough to set up family money. Yeah. yeah. Converted, it's something like two million or two billion or something like it's it's outrageously high now. Yeah. Um also I don't know if it's that scene. It's definitely one of the hanging scenes, but uh the actor who played Tuco. Yeah, the actor who played Tuco, one of those scenes, basically his like his hands were actually tied. So the horse got startled by a gunshot and started running off. And he basically just had to like clench his legs and hold on as best he could. <laughs> like most of the scenes you see here are not stuntmen. They just straight yeah. up got the actors to do it because it mean, was in Italy and there was no rules. Well, yeah. And like, and I mean, you know, there's a, there's a reason why Hollywood and the film industry start having more and more safety rules in place is because especially like, you know, 80s and before a lot of actors got, and even now, like a lot of actors will get seriously injured on set. Well, so I but think less. this, this movie actually might have been responsible for like one of the brief moments of loosening some of those rules. Cause I think Hollywood realized they couldn't compete with actually having their actors do these things before this they're like no 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 one will get hurt and then like all these spaghetti westerns came out with like crazy ass stunts done by the actual actors and they're like oh people seem to really like this stuff <laughs> yeah you know what's yeah. people people were like i mean western westerns in the in the 50s 60s 70s are like it's like that's like superhero movies now like they're just like people are going crazy mm. for them just and the so fact good. that you know that they could be produced so cheaply and would make like the amount they make and the return for what you spent making them was astronomical. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, it's crazy. Like this movie was a lot more epic than I thought. I didn't realize it was such like a grand sweeping story. Like I thought it was some of more of, I, I always pictured it to be more of like a condensed kind of thing. Like this could have been two movies. I think like what I was saying when I was saying to Holly earlier is that if I was editing this movie, I don't know if there's anything I would take out to make the story shorter, really, because everything seems to be important and really progress the story along. Like, I mean, there's probably some stuff I could find if I really, really thought about it. 
But even though it's a three-hour movie, it seems like almost it all had to be there to make everything work together properly. Yeah, I was pretty impressed was, by the writing. I was about to say, it is more or less like, it is just a trip of like two, three guys from one place to another. But they do a really good job of making everything feel, I don't know if I'd say essential, but it feels right. Like that's how you get to know the characters. It's not like yeah. them being like, in more modern movies where they're like and it's going to take place here and now they're going to take place here and it jumps around a lot this one feels very much like it makes sense for that like journey you know the yeah. only thing they probably cut out that i want to get explained to me is how angel eyes ended up with a sergeant in a union prison camp <laughs> like you can't just walk into one of those so right like obviously he's a sneaky guy and he sure probably killed a guy and stole his uniform but it's like he just all of a sudden they wind up with this prison camp that Angel Eyes is well, the lead sergeant at, and it's like, I, how did he get in there? No, but I, I think that's important because like you don't, he's not, even though he's one of the main characters, he's not the main character. He's the most minor character of like the main ones. Yeah. Uh, he's the antagonist. So you're not really supposed to like, it's like watching a superhero movie going, well, where did that supervillain get all of his money from? It's like, eh, it's not really I mean, important. Like, they explain every other story plot <laughs> yeah. point so well. They could have a well, throwaway line or something. Well, it's, 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 it's because they wanted a three hour movie, not a three and a half hour movie. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, right. that's, that's like, the only thing like I was curious it, about. It could, Everything else was explained perfectly to me. Yeah, it, it, they, could, it could be one of the deleted scenes. They did cut some stuff, but not as not that much. Like a lot of the things they cut were like just like cutting a scene slightly shorter, like extra stuff. Like when um, Angel Eyes is like interrogating the woman, that was like a two like there was two extra minutes of just him slapping her that they cut because it was like this is gratuitous well, they, actually, they stopped rolling but no one told lee van cleef so we just beat the shit out of her <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> that there's yeah anyways god there's there's what, okay they also they also cut out uh 15 more shots of tuco finding blondie's burnt cigars and campfires <laughs> they had planned for 10 minutes of campfire cigar uh like finding scenes they whittled it down to like the three most important but they yeah. had like 30 or 40 more shots ready to go yeah i mean god i do love tuco he's okay so sam you said one of your favorite scenes is like the ending scene mine is yeah. that beginning scene where they introduce tuco and it's just like it's so perfectly shot but also it like it's a smash cut of him like jumping through a glass window with like a hunk of meat in one hand and a gun in the other <laughs> hand. And I was like, that, like that scene, I was like, that's perfect. Cause it's like so tense the build up to it. And then you smash cut with that. And it's, it's hilarious. It's perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. It did remind me of something that, okay. Suicide Squad, full disclosure, not a good movie in case you haven't realized this. But when they first introduced Captain Boomerang and he's in like a duffel bag and they just cut him out of the duffel bag, it reminded me of that where it's such a like shitty way to introduce a character that you're like, you kind of get who that character is just from the introduction. I, I like Tuco as a character a lot and we'll talk about him more when we talk about our picks, but he is, if there is any sort of funny character, <laughs> he seems to be the, the wittiest character in the movie. He's or at least the only one with a sense of humor. He's the only one with most speaking lines, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's in a lot more of it than even Clint Eastwood was. Yeah, that was actually sure. a point of contention. Is Clint Eastwood almost didn't want to do? Well, he really didn't want to do this movie because basically he was not a main character. Like Tuco was the main character, but I, I'm sure they just twi Oh no, he got like a Ferrari from this or something. 
like something outrageous. He got like an extra like chunk of money and a Ferrari to do this filming. <laughs> Sounds like a good deal to me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> my, my last note about things that were kind of funny and, and made me laugh when I shouldn't have. When Tuco and Blondie are captured by the Union Cavalry when they're in the Confederate costumes, those are the dustiest people on the face of the earth. Like just head to toe painted with dust it was like i can get like maybe from a fire like thinking they're kind of gray and not being able to tell but they're literally it looks like they jumped into a fucking flower bag like they're just so dusty and it's like you think that cavalry operating in this part of the country would be used to the dust of the road and would like do something to mitigate the amount of or wear duster jackets or some shit like that but they look like they just went head first in the fucking like a bakery, an industrial-sized bakery. Yeah, I don't know. It was, I I get what they were doing there because it would trick them. They thought it was Confederates and it was actually Union, but it's like, it just seemed like so much dust. This is, this the original screenplay for this was written by comedy writers, and the director just fucking hated it. But he clearly kept some moments because, like that is classic, like setup and payoff. Oh yeah. yeah. So wait, are you telling me that the ridiculous six is the true? version of the, the bat in the <laughs> no, ugly no i'm not saying, saying i'm not saying I, I, was, I was gonna go with like blazing saddles but yeah <laughs> jesus <laughs> i mean i'd be okay with blazing saddles being the original <laughs> Forrest, you're saying that ridiculous six is the best western ever made god damn it don't sneak attack me while i'm drinking <laughs> you, <laughs> you know i haven't seen that one it's, it's not worth it it's i think there's I feel like there was one scene I remember seeing being like, oh, that was kind of funny. And then the rest of it, I was like, why, why am I watching yeah. this? <laughs> I, I gave it the benefit of doubt and that was too generous of me. You'd have to be really drunk to enjoy that movie. Oh, I, I, I could get there. <laughs> but like sure. really drunk. Yeah, you might be yeah. mostly passed out while watching it. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to Safest. enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Best watched while unconscious. <laughs> Best watched while blackout. Um, yeah. I forgot there was something else. Oh, okay. Last of my fun facts. I mean, there's a lot, but this one, when I read it, like I actually, I did like, I knew some stuff about this movie already, but when I did like research, there's like one trivia fact that I took a picture of cause I didn't believe it. But like um, the character Tuco wears like his uh, revolver either around his neck or like in his pants. Um, it's because the actor couldn't like put it in a holster without actually looking down and like shuffling around, which didn't look right. But the awkward cowboy. But uh, originally, the director wanted um, Tuco, the guy who plays Tuco, to like swing it around his neck and catch it in his hand. And the guy was like, "I can't do that. Here, show me how to do this, because I can't do it." And the director went to go do it, and it missed his hand and hit him in the nuts. And, they, <laughs> and he was like, afterwards, he's like, "Okay, you can just keep it in your pants." <laughs> <laughs> and I read that I was like, oh my god, that's perfect. That's Sergio like, Leone sacked himself with a yes. fucking revolver. Yes, like, and that so was funny. why it switched from worn around his neck yeah. to just stuffed in his pants. So 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 I think so like the last time I watched this movie, I think I was in like, I don't know, grade 10 or 11. Um, so that, that's like what, over 10 years ago. And watching it now, it kind of gave me a flashback to a movie I watched at the Halifax Fringe Festival when I was there touring a show. Uh, there was, so there was, yeah, so there was, so there was, there was another, I guess like 
live performance where we would watch like a really, really shitty movie. And there was three com- comedians on straight stage. One of them was, uh, I think his main name is Matt Little and he's, he's been on a few like CBC shows and they just make fun of the movie the entire time. And what I flash back to is this movie called Three Dev Adam, which is a Turkish film that came out in the early 70s. Good start. Some studios in, in the United States tried to sue them because the movie was Captain America going in to fight a gang of Spider-Man. <laughs> it's... It's the Avengers we all wanted to see, yeah, right? That's Show us that cut, you cowards. It's like, look at that. Like, that's the game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's just like so many. God. Oh, that oh is yeah, that is, is that very clearly like, yeah, <laughs> that's, they're not even trying to hide that. Sorry, listeners. Me. We'll see if we can put that. I'll up tweet. Somewhere. I'll tweet the pictures. I'll get yeah, Sam to send me those. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll put it on Twitter. It was it's very funny. I am so happy I watched it. And it's like, like some parts of this movie is like, they were just like so poorly dubbed over or just done that. It's like, I just got a flashback to like three dev Adam. and like, this movie was ridiculous. <laughs> okay. If we're going to like, if, if we recast this, are we, I mean, I know we're going to recast this, but will we still keep the dubbing the way it is? Cause I feel <laughs> like, you know, I kind of, I'm okay with that. Yeah. No, in my new movie, there will be good audio and then no fucking bad dubbing. Cause I honestly, I did like the movie, but because of like that bad dubbing took me out of so many different scenes. Cause you can't help but look at like someone's mouth of the movie. And as soon as you notice it, not matching up to the words, it's all you can see. That's, yeah. that's fair. I feel like it's the most noticeable. I told you to pay attention for when the captain comes the on. The drunk like, union captain, the nihilistic drunk union. The problem captain. that one is cause they picked a voice actor that just, he has such like, gravitas and like it makes sense like it's the one of the darkest scenes of the movie yeah. like feels so like intense but it's like so clearly dubbed like so well, so dubbed. So like the the voice i like i don't i don't think it's the same voice actor because this would have been like well i mean it could be because it, it was only like 50 years ago but it sounds like the classic like one of like an action anime dub artist oh it to me it sounded like the guy who used to play um Hannibal on the A team, where he's just got like, or like, oh, okay. um, kind of like a Liam Neeson tone to it, because he basically played that in the new one, where it's just it's deep and like powerful. It's oh, it's a great voice, but it feels very, very out of place. <laughs> yeah, like to it me, literally it was out of me, place. To me, his voice sounded like, uh, you know, any kind of like Funimation anime where you have this. Uh, where you have this good guy who's like a, a rebel and it's it's almost always the same voice actor for that character and that's the same voice like that oh. was a very similar so what you're saying is it's the same guy and he's like 120 now yeah. <laughs> he's just nailing it yeah well, I mean, Clint, Clint, Clint Eastwood's still alive the guy the guy Clint Eastwood's like 95 or something now too he's it's like a walking yeah. mummy <laughs> still, yeah yeah you know it's so funny though because even for like the last few years maybe even like five years ago he didn't look that old but all of a sudden age hit him like a fucking brick wall and he yeah. looks 95 now it's like what like he did um what grand torino's less than 10 years old right yeah i think that was, i think that no that yeah i think it was like 2010 maybe grand maybe anyway. maybe 28 i don't know we're yeah, not googling anything we're not, we don't have to look it up but it's, it's a recent enough movie 
that he doesn't look like an 80 year old in that or even the mule the mule came out like two years ago and eh, de-aging <laughs> maybe but he just it looks like in the last in the last year and a half all of a sudden whatever pact he made with uh the demons to to stay mobile it seems like they've ended the deal <laughs> his aging kicked in again you know i'm speaking to clint eastwood really quick before we get to the characters i mean he's obviously Damn, sort of a problem Chris, I was like, that's a great guy. transition. And then you were like, but well, before just, we get to that. <laughs> he's interrupting me. I'll say my point and then we'll get into it. Okay. He's, he's obviously sort of like a problematic guy, you know, being a really hardcore Republican and yelling at empty chairs, pretending Obama's there back in the day. So I was just thinking when he got to put on the Confederate uniform in this movie, he must have been so excited. <laughs> he's, he's like, such- yes. Yeah, such a weird guy because he's not like he's not really like he's not pro guns he's been anti-smoking before yeah. this movie was made and i'm like that just doesn't feel to like line up with his character yeah. i don't know i think he, he is, is an anti-trump guy too to be totally honest he just had a weird time it's in just a the grumpy mid-2000s. old man it's a grumpy <laughs> guy who wants to yell at people weird old guy yeah but considering but, that his front lawn is like three miles long he can't yell at the kids at the edge <laughs> Yeah, maybe, so he screams maybe, at an empty maybe, chair. Maybe it's so that he can, but they can't hear him. Yeah, that's true. He's just shouting off his like, porch. He's, he's just like, I want my, I want my privacy. I want to be able to yell at people, but I don't want them to hear me. Some kid just like walks up, like holding like a basketball. He like looks up. He's like, thought I heard something. Or <laughs> <Or> walks off. <laughs> what was that? Sometimes, and if you listen closely, you can hear quiet. his voice on the wind. I heard, I heard a very faint ethnic slur from a mile away. What? <laughs> Who said that? all right anyway probably let's get to the business of the hour today we're recasting the good the bad and the ugly so let's talk about the good the bad and the ugly the characters we are uh recasting today so first up we have angel eyes originally played by lee van cleef then we have uh blondie played by clint eastwood slash i mean he's also character's also like the man with no name we're going to be all official about it and then we have Tuco, played by Eli Wallach, who is still alive, I think, which is nice as well. Possibly. Yeah, he might be. It's hard to say. His IMDb picture is definitely older, but he, he also does not look that old. It's weird because his face, like, you immediately recognize it, and you're like, that's it's so weird. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think on that incredible note by Forrester and Sam and I, we'll take a quick break. And be right back with all your cinema swapping action. All right, partners, we're back. Back to the cowboy cinema swap action, Miho. <laughs> That's your, <laughs> your Clint Eastwood slash Sam. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to it when I edit. I'm John Wayne at the first Thanksgiving pilgrims. <laughs> Damn, Sam, you're good at that. <laughs> uh, so first up, boys, we're gonna talk about Angel Eyes, who I guess is the main bad guy um, of the movie. He's the one who was originally found out about the stolen Confederate gold and is hunting it. Um, I guess he's sort of like a bounty hunter slash hitman guy. Yeah. He's got his own code of honor, but he's sort of an asshole. Professional killer, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? 
For um for my version of the good, the bad, and the ugly, I picked Luke Evans to play Angel Eyes. Okay. Because oh, yeah. first of all, Luke Evans has that like classic Hollywood look with the, the same mustache and everything. Like Luke Evans, if he was actually alive in the 50s, would look like he belonged there. Yeah. Um, you know, he like, like I said, rocks that mustache absolutely perfectly. And he plays a great bad guy. Like, he's the bad guy in Fast and Furious 6. Um, but, like, he can be that, like, cool. Because the character's a cool and collected character. Like, always on, always in control. And Luke Evans has that British charm. And being super suave, I think he would be great as Angel Eyes. I mean, he almost, like, I almost, this is a shout out to someone I almost picked. But, like, I almost picked Timothy Oliphant because he actually kind of looks like Lee Van Cleef. And I thought, oh, it's, you know, but I'm not trying to pick based on who would be a clone for this person. I think Luke Evans would nail this role. I, I cannot agree more. And I, I hate, I hate that you picked that because for some reason, even though I, I just watched a movie with him in it, I couldn't think of, I was like, there's someone Dracula untold. There's someone I know actually it was uh, the Musketeers one, so not not much yeah. better. He's also Gaston in Be- in the new Beauty and the Beast, the live action one. Yeah, no, he's he's phenomenal, and I I wish I had thought of him because I end up choosing someone who is similar but not not quite there, and I knew he wasn't quite there, and I was like, there's an actor who is like perfect for this, and I I think it is Luke Evans because you're right, he's like he seems like someone who would walk through the desert and not be covered in dust. Like angel eyes yeah. is the least sweaty, gross looking person in this entire like film. He took two baths. Yeah. <laughs> I think, exactly. I, I think, I think you did a pretty good job with this. Like I, I like who I cast, but I definitely went. Oh, like a lot older, <laughs> like significantly <laughs> older. Older, <laughs> yeah, I, I, went, I went with Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I went with a 90-year-old. Uh, no, uh, the actor I chose is actually 70, but he's like fucking crazy, scary, intimidating, great action star, been in everything from fucking like Hellboy to uh, Chronicles of Riddick. Uh to Sons of Anarchy, I, I, I'm casting Ron Perlman. Yeah, as yeah. Angel Eyes. I think we're he's done talking about Luke side, Evans. But I think he's fucking like he's he'd be scary as shit to be your fuck like the villain. Like he'd be uh, intimidating. He'd be cool. He'd be like, yeah. Like when it came to that last that Mexican standoff that they had, you wouldn't know who would win. Yeah, that's I. That is a pretty that okay both really really great choices that when you were listing off movies when you first said like like he's 70 year old but i think he could do it really well i was like you know antonio banderas could do this very well <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and all i could think it was like and i thought you were leading to that and then you're like he can be scary and i was like yeah he can and then like as you start listing movies i'm like no you're not talking about antonio banderas and i got a little deflated by that not this time forrester <laughs> sorry, one day one day soon you're telling me he wouldn't be great but no, Ron Perlman is also like he is. Yeah, he's older, but I feel like Angel Eyes doesn't like. I mean, no one in this movie really runs. Maybe Angel Eyes is sort of balding. He's got like he takes off his hat, and all of a sudden he's got like thinning hair. So he's probably like in his late forties or fifties. Like maybe like who the fuck knows? Like he doesn't have to be. I like he's clearly been a hired killer for a long time. Like he yeah. knows Blondie, and he knows Tuco. 
just by seeing them because they run in the same they're all outlaws i guess and they run in the same kind of shitty circles yeah so yeah ron perlman would be great like he is he can definitely be an intimidating dude and i think i don't know if he's played a cowboy but he could i bet he'd be a really good cowboy i'm i'd be like i don't i don't know if he has either but i'd also be like i wouldn't be surprised if he had i yeah i'm trying to think i was like i feel like he's he's, he's definitely played a gunslinger character before but i'm trying to remember what movie he's played a lot of outlaws like in sense of anarchy he is yeah they're sam crow outlaws, you know right? ron perlman also he, has he played, beautiful uh, beautiful baby a, blue eyes so call him a, angel eyes yeah <laughs> he, played, he played a bounty hunter in chronicles of riddick um, yeah that, maybe that's what i'm thinking he Hell, was also hellboy in... hellboy had a big fucking gun <laughs> that's fair okay yeah i i mean oh very solid picks from both of you definitely different movies from each other but like like luke evans feels closer to the original chris you're right that you picked a pretty good i guess a modern stand-in for van cleef yeah it's close that's what i was trying to go for without being someone who looked exactly like him because <clears throat> sorry pardon me um now, one thing I wanted to do was also shout out someone who I almost picked for this role, uh, but ultimately didn't, and that's Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, because, like, Timothy Oliphant has a similar kind of look. I guess, like, maybe their eyes or something. But I'm like, I don't, like, I know I picked Timothy Oliphant to play, like, a sleazy guy in one movie, but I don't know if he can play outright, like, evil kind of, like, scary bad guy i i think what luke evans does that also van cleef does is like it's is a character that like i said he's the most spotless of the bunch and i think he is supposed mm-hmm. to be like the most you know attractive of the bunch and it's supposed to kind of belie that evil within is not what's presented um so like luke evans doesn't look like an evil person but when he puts it on you go like oh this guy is like cold right he's yeah. a great i also, I also like guy. I I also don't know if I'd classify um, Angel Eyes as like evil. I'd say he's more like a it's sociopath. Cold. Like he, <laughs> yeah. he, he 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 doesn't really engage in feelings, and he has like a very clear, I guess, moral compass for himself. He's like, these are the jobs I do. These are the rules. Once once I get paid, I ensure the job finishes. I don't care who pays me or what the job is. I'm going to do it because he he does have like a set of rules and morals that he abides to. And they don't like they won't align to like what's good. Um, well, you yeah. could say you could say he's a lawful evil instead of a chaotic. <laughs> so evil, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's fair. And I feel like Ron Perlman can definitely put that on. He might have too much personality, but that's that's not a bad thing. <laughs> now, Forrester, speaking of guys who could play this role, who did you pick for the character? Oh, well, I mentioned with your pick that I had someone that i couldn't i was like he's not quite right wait wait wait. close to someone orlando bloom <laughs> oh i can see that working That's okay no, i guess wrong i was trying to guess i did not do that i went with carl urban who's like the grittier oh, yeah. version of luke evans yeah. yeah carl carl urban is a dirtier version of luke evans <laughs> yeah and that was the thing where i was like it felt like but i'd, I'd want him sh- like clean shaven like lose the beard now and i think he does um I guess not the same role, but a similar kind of feel to the role. If you've ever seen the movie Priest, he plays like an antagonist in that. But he's okay. he's a gunslinger. He's a Western-like yeah. gunslinger, also a vampire, but that's neither here nor there. Cool. But they do a lot of shots of just like his eyes kind of thing. And I was like, he puts on that like almost like a malice thing, but he doesn't do anything like really evil. He's just like 
no, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do to get it. And I was like, I can see him doing this role. I do think, I think I got a side that Luke Evans is probably the better pick, but for some reason, I just couldn't think of him in that role for now. <laughs> so there you go, Chris. Jerky off a little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't tell anybody our secrets on the ball. Bundle the balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, next up, we're going to talk about Tuco, who is Blondie's best frenemy. Um, he's, I mean, he's got the most line. He's almost the main character of the movie, but we're just doing him now because, I mean, these last two is kind of no particular order. And Clint Eastwood's more um remember memorable i guess so i mean tuco great character he's definitely a bad dude only gives a shit about himself but he's kind of funny sometimes like when he dives into the behind the, the sandbag to get away from the explosion he's ass sticking out of the sandbag so, all night I, long too <laughs> here's the thing he's not a necessarily a good character but he's more just like he's baser instinct so he's not like he won't just kill for the sake of killing or anything like that. It's more of just like, yeah. he wants, he has to look out for himself and you get a little bit of that in the movie that like his backstory is basically, he got like left in this house to take care of his parents while his like older brother went off. And like, there's these weird humanizing moments where you realize that he's just like, he's a damaged individual and he's just like running from it, but he's also incredibly fun. So it's, it's yeah. hard to be like, I, like, no, he's my favorite character. I don't care if he's a bad guy. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he is a bad guy, but not the bad guy. He's, he's definitely, I wouldn't he's even say an anti-hero because he's not a hero. He's just sort of, yeah, he's just out for himself, just doing what he's got to do to survive. Well, he's, he's super greedy. Anti-hero is not that bad because if you cross him too, he will go out of his way to like track you down to take you out. But he also won't just like he just kill. He's like, no, mean, there's he justice. Does. He believes in justice. He, he, he went out of his way to find Blondie in his hotel room and then try to lynch him. Exactly. And then he made him walk through a whole desert. It's because Blondie did that to him. It's like revenge. He's just like, no, that's it. Revenge. He doesn't yeah. think about things. He has no sort of he's he's chaotic for sure for doing the true um also and I, I was wondering this earlier like when they when they're doing the con him and blondie where blondie turns them in for the the bounty money and they list off every crime that tuco's committed i wonder if he actually commits all those crimes because it's every single crime basically if you can think of a crime tuco did it but i'm also thinking maybe they just like zhuzhed up his bad guy resume to make his bounty worth more because when they do it the next time they have another whole list of crimes he's committed yeah. so it could be that he like maybe blondie spreads the word around or I something think, i think he's kind of just naturally like, kind of hated by people and so the stories build off of like that so yeah who knows if he did all those things but he's also not the person to deny it if someone like accused of him being an asshole I'd be like so what i'm an asshole yeah. And that would be like he'd embrace it even if he knows it's not true because he's like, no, I'm I'm a bandit. I'm enjoying this. I'm that's me. But, yeah. But speaking of fun but chaotic energy, I chose Pedro Pascal. To yeah. Tuco. So so did I because yeah. I just like I was like yeah. he was the obvious choice, and I'm like he's I've mentioned on previous ones. So I was like he's a really funny like wild person. Mm-hmm. and they always get him playing serious roles and i'm like no you gotta let him loose and this is a character where you could just let him loose well sort of like he plays a great um complicated bad guy in kingsman 2 where he plays whiskey who's one of turns out to be one of the main villains of a movie spoilers um, <laughs> yeah well also he's actually 
a Latino actor. So that's good for a role as a Mex- you know, Mexican guy. I don't think Pedro Pascal, I don't know if he is Mexican background, but. Uh, you know, El Salvadorian or Argentinian? He's, he's at least a, you know, a, a Latino actor, which is closer than Eli Wallach. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which when you hear the name Eli Wallach, you're like, that's, oh man, I just found. Like, also, there's the scene where Tuco, when he's getting interrogated by Angel Eyes and the big union corporal, there's one part where the corporal has him on the table. He's beating him up a bunch. And then he puts his hands on the side of his head and starts thumbing in his eye holes. And Pedro Pascal is great at that scene. He's great at getting thumbed. <laughs> He's great at getting beat up by a big dude and getting his eyes thumbed They have the mold cast for his head to do that. It's funny because when I had picked Pedro Pascal before that scene came up, and then as soon as I saw it, I'm like, well, this is, this is perfect. Like, <laughs> yeah, so- He's already done this. I had Pedro Pascal before. I mean, I've watched this movie a, a bunch of times, um, probably more recently than you do, but like I've watched it a bunch of times. And like, as soon as we, you mentioned we were casting this, I was like, oh, Pedro Pascal for The Ugly. And then I couldn't, then I had to think of the other ones. But I knew him before even rewatching the movie that I was like, no, he's perfect for that role. Like, yeah, I mean, he's so good. <laughs> he, he can play, he can play a bad guy, he, but it's a complicated character. But he also can be very charming and fun. So like when Tuco is being funny or like his little one-liners or whatever i think pedro pascal would nail it yeah yeah absolutely i i mean i'm curious to see if sam (laughs) sam did you pick someone else (laughs) so i I did pick somebody else i had had a tough time with this because i like i kind of thought of pedro pascal but i kind of forgot some of his other roles like you know because he only gets cast in serious ones and i and i did end up picking someone who does get mostly cast in serious roles uh, who has also worked with Pedro Pascal. Uh, I went with uh, Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow, okay. You're getting a really old cast. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly the fucking Florida years when they're <laughs> the retired. Good, the good, the bad, and the elderly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Giancarlo Esposito is amazing. I mean, I mean Cinema Swap favorite. Um, he, but I, I think he might have even been a better pick for Angel Eyes. Like he, I don't know if he, like I've like in real life he actually is a super nice and like fun guy, but because yeah, you're right, he only plays these serious roles. Like I don't know if he can be like well, he he as had, goofy he had as more Tuco. like a, I think it was more of a protagonist role in the TV show Revolution, which I watched a season of. Well, when it came out, I think there was like I don't know three or four seasons of it or two. I don't know. So he like he does have the range i like the only thing for like for me like because like, i did have trouble casting this is like i'm not sure if he could do if he had played as a that he'd be the comedic relief that uh chuko is in the original but uh but i do think that he would it would make it more of a i guess more of like a thriller to the movie. that's fair yeah we yeah it would definitely be more serious movie yeah but also i want to shout out um like i loved our first of all i loved our john carlo esposito he is a great actor he would be like make I could see him making somebody walk through a desert because he's pissed off at them. That I do believe. <laughs> um, but I also want to give a shout out to someone who I almost picked, but then thought about I you know I didn't go through with it. But Clifton Collins Jr., who if you're a fan of Westworld, played Lawrence in Westworld, who is um, the Man in Black. It's kind of it's like his you know his number one frenemy, the guy he drags around with him throughout the whole first season, um, and. He pl- in that movie he plays this like Mexican cowboy 
So I, I immediately thought of him, but I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like Pedro Pascal to me was a, was a, was a better pick, but I do want to shout out Clifton Collins Jr. Because he's great in Westworld in a sort of, sort of similar role. That's actually, that's a really good pick as well, because he does, he, I can't remember. I've seen him in a bunch of roles where he plays, oh, uh, Boondock Saints 2. Yes. Speaking of callbacks, he plays that character. He plays basically the Tuco character. So, you know, not a bad call. Yeah. He's he's a great character actor. Um, so I, I thought of him as well. But no, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Sam's making a very different, Sam's making a hardcore movie. Well, yeah. Sam's making more of like, I think a Western movie after like Westerns have gone out of fashion, unfortunately, but he's yeah. making a Western movie that might kind of, I think, I think it's a I little think bit more closer. Sorry. No, I was, it's, it's a little bit more like, I'd say modern tastes. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say Quentin I'm, Tarantino. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's what I was about to say is like, mine's more like hateful eight than like, yeah. For sure, which is not a bad thing at all. Honestly, it's just, it's just different. And speaking of different, I'm now going to tell you guys who the different actor I picked to play, Blondie, uh, slash the man with no name. I think you should have gone for, like, the only blonde character in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Well, I mean, some of those some of those soldiers had blonde hair, the Union soldiers and Confederate soldiers. Um, <clears throat> but I, I thought... Okay, so Blondie doesn't have a lot of lines. He's kind of this tall, stoic, like, you know, handsome, but kind of cool and aloof, just like a quiet character. So, yeah, really just a man of few words overall. And I picked Michael Fassbender to play Blondie. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think he... Like, not exactly the same, same look as Clint Eastwood, obviously, but that doesn't really matter. I just think Michael Fassbender is, has the same kind of aura about him, the same kind of energy as Clint Eastwood in this movie, where he's just, like, he's this real, like, this sharpshooter cowboy, but he only speaks when he needs to, and he can be a little sarcastic, um, always ready to, like, yeah, yeah. just be, like, a, like, like sort of cold, coldly sassy say patient and like reserved mm -hmm. i think i know michael fassbender is a wonderful actor very fun and charming and can be very energetic but i think he would also do this qu quiet and reserved uh character really well yeah yeah no that's I, think, fair. I, think, I think that's a good choice because when i was thinking about this i'm like you don't need someone who's going to put on a show it's like literally the exact opposite of that you just yeah. want someone who can look cool smoke those weird little cigars and and rolled cigars <laughs> yeah and then also you know shoot a rope from half a mile away that's yeah. that's a say, pretty good say, choice say the odd uh, say the odd threatening line here or there but yeah. yeah yeah i mean he's definitely gonna be less i mean clint eastwood in a word is like smoky <clears throat> so he'll be a maybe a little bit more polished but him speaking quietly does feel like it could work quite well and he it does come off as like that kind of not aloof calculating no that sounds too like just cool like no yeah. i i think aloof like michael fassbender can definitely be aloof like <laughs> the kind of character that that blondie is is that if he weren't so cool and like calm and collected he'd be rolling his eyes all the time at tuco he'd just be one constant eye roll and so Michael Fassbender's always on the edge of eye roll as well, but he's too cool 
to like let someone know what he's thinking in that way yeah. in a lot of his movies. I feel like Clint Eastwood in this film is like it's almost like the character has read the script like a few lines ahead. So he kind of knows what's about to happen and is yeah. just like reluctantly accepting that. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, with that scene you mentioned earlier where they come across the uh, Union Calvary and he just like slowly takes off his hat. Like he just kind of knows he's like, I should probably be like hiding this. And like, <laughs> like he knows earlier than everyone else. Yeah. He just has a bad feeling about everything and his gut is always right. That's pretty good. I was... <laughs> You know, he. I was about to say Michael Fassbender has been in a western, but not as like a cool character. He was in uh, Jonah Hex as like this angry Irish arsonist. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about Jonah. With Hex. like face tattoos, it's very, it's a very different role for him that you wouldn't expect. But you know, yeah. clearly he's done it at least a western before, if not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He can put on a cowboy hat. Yeah, suspenders and boots. <laughs> oh, okay, you guys you guys say your picks, but also speaking of anyone who could just put on a cowboy hat and be in a Western, I have something I want to give a shout out to someone who could have also done this really well, but you guys you guys go first. Well, no, I'm curious now. You can't yeah, think yeah, of yeah. that. I was say, like, maybe Daniel Craig would be a great blondie because he was in Cowboys and Aliens, which is yeah. a fun as hell movie. Oh. It's not it's not good, but it's fun as hell. It's and, <laughs> You're right. That is the same character. Yeah. That is like exactly the same. I mean, character. he has four lines in that movie. Like his character doesn't fucking talk. Uh, uh. Although, I mean, <laughs> if we're going with Sam's movie where he's only casting people over the age of sixty, he's probably got Daniel Craig slotted in for Blondie, and I don't want to step yeah. on. His well, I mean, I might. I like. I did. I did definitely go with another older actor, uh, somebody who had re- recently retired from. Uh, a very popular role that they that they played for uh, for about twenty years. Uh, I, I decided to cast Hugh Jackman uh, as Blondie. Like, yeah, no, well, no, it's the man with no name. He so in a fistful of dollars, his nickname was Joe, and for a few dollars no more, his nickname was Manco. the The nickname doesn't matter. So are they calling him like Blackie in this one or Brownie? No, okay, they, they, can't they, 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 they could they could call Chris, him they Joe or Manco or whatever. The the nickname doesn't matter. I feel like, but I'd be okay with even them calling him Blondie, and it's not really fully explained, and no one really posed like yeah. no one says well, he he's does, Blondie because well, he's I mean, blonde. if if, if you, like if you've watched if you watched Logan, like his hair was pretty gray, and like he could have been, uh, presumably with how gray he's gone, his hair could have been blonde. Yeah, I mean, just or I think he's just gray for the movie. He has like yeah. jet black hair. I mean, they 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 could call they could call him Pepper. Frosted like colors his hair. Yeah. What? what if what if it's frosted tips? That's why they call him Blondie because he was the first one to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, he actually he bleached and you know just it grew out, so he's stuck with that. I mean, it's the West; you can't get a good bleach job anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I like I think that he'd be really good with those like almost eye rolly moments too, and uh, he's gruff. And you know, just watching for his years playing Logan, like he he can be pretty like intimidating just being silent the entire yeah. time like you would like you just like a cigar in his mouth just sitting there staring i think, I think hugh jackman would have been a great pick for angel eyes for you <laughs> everyone's a great pick for angel eyes. yeah <laughs> a- 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 angel eyes is an easy character to cast um yeah, I, yeah. hugh jackman's not a he's not a bad choice for this at least because like clint eastwood in fairness, he does have an acting range, but for the most part, his facial expressions are squinty to squinting harder. <laughs> oh, do you know who would have been great for this role? Jared Kiso. <laughs> yeah, actually. 
Jared Kiso, the main guy from Letterkenny, yeah. for all our big Letterkenny heads out there. He plays Squ- Wayne. Squints, squints squint and squints harder. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, not that's a bad. God. That's actually a great pick. Well, what I was getting at is that there's moments in this movie where it's like you get a lot of acting from Clint Eastwood just in his like body language, but his facial expression is kind of the same throughout the entire movie. Hugh Jackman, you might get a little bit more softness in his facial expression that would kind of hint more at like when he's putting his jacket on the like dying soldier, you're like, oh, there's something there instead of yeah. like just it feels. Yeah. OK, all right, I'll, I'll I'll ship it. And I but only on the condition you still keep calling him Blondie. <laughs> maybe his sure. mom was Blondie. Maybe he has a penchant for blonde prostitutes. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that could be it. Is he, he could hang out with like blondes all the time. Maybe he's just a big fan of those blondies, the snacks, you know, like the, oh, the dessert. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the cartoon series? The, sorry, the comic strip? <laughs> the band. Yeah. Oh, opening, opening scene, he's listening to Blondie while reading Blondie while eating Blondies. <laughs> Is it, Blondies are also named for, yeah, what? The yeah, brownies, it's, it's, vanilla it's brownies? The, 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 vanilla, the vanilla brownies. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they are. That would be, well, that'd be perfect because they explain everything else in the movie so well. They're like, you want to know how this guy got his name? Look, look at this as we shove it down your throat. <laughs> Shoving it in place. Like that's how he gets introduced. Well, no, no. And, 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 and so the reason they could, so his nickname could still be Blondie instead of smoking cigars, because that's no longer, no longer cool. Hollywood's trying to get rid of that. He just eats Blondies the entire movie. So he's just shoving his mouth full of baked yeah. goods the entire film. By the end, he's like a good, like 15 pounds heavier. <laughs> And what, what's Tuco finding in the fire? Is like burnt up like baking supplies? Yeah. <laughs> Tuco just, just, just a new batch of brownies at every campsite. Tuco tries to like hang him and he just can't like lift it like the beam starts creaking as soon as he's like tied up. <laughs> okay, so a better character then would be Steven Seagal could play that. <laughs> God. Karate yeah, chop I mean, angel. He just it. has to stand there, wave his hands around a couple times. We got this. <laughs> uh, now, speaking of, you know, what we just were, Forrester, who did you pick to play Blondie? Okay, uh, my character's like, he's it's a light brown hair, but he has played a blonde, and I think he could easily play a blonde. <laughs> so you don't have to have that extra scene added in mind. Um, I went for someone who I thought looks very much like Clint Eastwood, without being Clint Eastwood's son. Um, who is an actor and he could have cast. Um, I thought about Scott Eastwood, but I'm like, that's way too easy. That's too easy. And not creative. So I went just a little bit step further and I went with Sam Claflin, who, yeah, I know the name is not going to ring a bell. Um, he plays like that super good killer guy in the Hunger Games. I think he has a trident at one point. He's just in a bunch of terrible, terrible. I'm trying to think of movies you might have seen him. So, he's so in, he's he's. Oh, sorry, sorry. You want to cast somebody who's just been in nonstop terrible movies? No, no. He's in. As, uh, he's here. We go. Peaky Blinders. He's Oswald Mosley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's okay. in Enola Holmes as Mycroft. Okay, yeah, yeah. There you go. Like there are things that he's in, and he's he's a good actor, but he gets a lot of like weird like romance oh, roles where he's mostly just staring there and like saying something quietly to a woman. He's Which great like, in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, so I was like, th- honestly, this character mostly has to just squint and say things like in a kind of a smoky voice. And I was like, he can nail that. And he looks similar enough to Clint Eastwood that I was like, yeah, he could kind of play it. He's a little bit younger than the rest of my cast, but not much. He's also uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean. 
Yeah, I couldn't place on couldn't Stranger Tides on, in the new in the new one. Oh, is he the? He's the no. He's not or the, new, the not priest guy, guy. Is he the Jesuit? Mm, yes, he is. Uh, yes, he is. is. He? Oh, that's what weird. is he? Star, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at his IMDb. I don't see it. He plays. He plays the replacement Orlando Bloom in Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Twenty eleven. Yeah. Holy shit! Ian McShane is Blackbeard in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that's me some Ian McShane. Also, if you haven't seen that movie, it's it's okay, but there's some really good moments in it. <laughs> yeah, it's not the worst parts of the Caribbean. God, that ending. Not the very ending, but the preamble to the ending. Phenomenal. <laughs> there's it has one of my favorite movie parts in an entire series. <laughs> uh, Anyways, that's, that's a good pick for us, sir. I mean I think yeah, he, he looks close. And that was like, eh. Yeah. No, that's that's a great pick. Like he's he he's a very good actor. Like he in Peaky Blinders, Oswald mostly is based on a real, like, or he's a real character, he's a real person, not based on a real person. This, like, fucking, like, Nazi fascist, like, just real asshole character, which is different, obviously, than, than Blondie, but he just plays the role so well that you, like, you get sucked in and you want, the, you want him to be dead. So I just know he's a great actor. Because I hated him so much in that other show. Yeah, I didn't really think about this too much, but like when I was like kind of going through his cast, I was like, he's played so many different roles that it's like it's very strange to think of him as, as the same person. Yeah. And like I said, I think a majority of the roles are still him kind of like he's a romantic lead. And I'm like, eh, you can, you know, I'm sure he'd enjoyed playing this character that's a little bit more uh, like tough. The nice thing about this movie, it's not one of those like, you know, in the 80s and 90s every action movie or even adventure movies there has to be a romance option for the the main hero but this kind of movie it's not about that at all that would be insane you're not shipping tuco and blondie man i <laughs> i read this movie all wrong <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's nice to watch a movie where it's just about the story and not about the strong action hero just trying to like get some girl that's, that's, I mean, it's a good point. It's mostly just about people who want money. <laughs> yeah, it's real life. This, this, I felt this resonated way too much. <laughs> yeah, man, I would, I'd kill a guy for two hundred thousand dollars. Like what? <laughs> in gold? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, specifically I, I, in gold. Sorry, I, I, I had to change my entire cast because I just, I think I found the, the perfect, the perfect ones. I'm thinking. You can't. You can't do no, no, that. No, 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 no. Okay, Sam. 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 No, no. We're gonna judge you on out. your hear original characters. But I do want to hear it. We're going to hear it. Adam Scott as Angel Eyes. John C. Riley as Tuco. And Will Ferrell as Blondie. No. (laughs) It's bad and dumb. It's bad and dumb. I'm going to mute Sam for the rest of the episode, guys. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) What you made is a very fun movie, but it's also very strange that, like, just... No, I, I just, I just, I just, I just googled Step Brothers, and yeah, yeah. just, you know what, Sam, that movie you just picked there, that's worse than Holmes and Watson. Oh, you just did a bad thing to cinema. Just did a bad thing. Yeah. It's okay. I like doing bad things to cinema every now and then. It usually asks. Sam's a resident calls me daddy. bad boy. Damn wild card here. <laughs> he can't be tamed. Whoa. <laughs> well, uh, that made me upset, Sam. So I'm gonna try to forget about that. But uh, okay. try and watch it, that you know, it, you know, it, it is generally my goal to uh, to upset you at least one one time per episode. That's fair. That's fair. It's how we it's how we know we're alive. Yeah. The yeah. pain I feel when you make picks like that, you know, <laughs> it's how I remember that we're human. That every every moment in life is precious. 
So, hey, guys, here's a bonus pick for you, too. That I thought of it, and I couldn't place him anywhere, but Javier Bardem as the captain. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Cool. He actually looks a little bit like Javier Bardem. Yeah, that was kind of, I was like, when I saw that guy, I was like, he reminds me of someone, and I looked up that actor, and he was too old, so I was like, wait, who else does he remind me of? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, the captain is, besides the terrible dubbing, it's a very interesting character, because all of a sudden, the movie just gets so real, because it's like, oh, what is the cost of war, and the, and the, the waste, the waste of all these young lives, out of nowhere, they're just like, bringing in deep questions, it's like, okay. I mean, he's like, I thought of blowing it up a thousand times, but I'm too much of a coward. And then he just runs headlong into like gunfire. And like, that's the point that you're like, what is this character? Yeah. It is, <laughs> is this I, character introduced like in like five minutes and dies in like the next five minutes? Yeah. It is a real roller coaster ride. That whole battle scene. Also, I feel like with the battle scene, it's like, okay, we got a bunch of budget left over. Let's get a thousand guys in costume and a bunch of cannons and just it's, do a battle it's unreal they this movie is actually like really really historically accurate except for the use of the dynamite and that's the only thing like all those guns legit <laughs> all those uniforms legit they had dynamite no they didn't have that kind of dynamite at the time oh okay yeah so that's the only thing that's like really different they, they had other dynamite not not that one yeah, I don't know what the difference is. Also, they had they had, they had hot dog dynamite, not sausage dynamite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. <laughs> Our resident expert on explosives, Sam. <laughs> oh, when mom says we have dynamite at home, then you see the dynamite at home. Yeah. <laughs> but here, here's a, I had a funny the dynamite scene. Um, when they're like, okay, we're gonna go sneak down and blow up the bridge. There are thousands of people watching the river and that bridge with the express purpose of not letting anything happen to that bridge, yeah? And then those guys who are not in uniform just pick up a box of dynamite, put it on a stretcher, and just walk out. Well, well people, I, I mean, I get that it is the aftermath of a large battle, so maybe no one's really paying attention, but you got to think that, like, but there's, someone is watching to make sure the other side isn't advancing over the yeah, bridge. And I, I, up feel, some I feel like the director watched a little too much Looney Tunes. Yeah, I thought that was a goofy scene, to be honest. It looked kind of silly. I think it makes sense because they're not protecting... No one was protecting the bridge. They're trying to keep the other side from taking it. And the thing is, no one's taking a bridge with two people. So, yeah. And they weren't expecting There's, them to blow up the no, bridge. No. And, 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 and I think for that point, too, yes, both, both sides wanted to keep the bridge intact, so neither side expected somebody to blow it up. Well, and also, I maybe they did see him, and they were like, we're okay with this. We want this to happen. Maybe, yeah. maybe, but it seemed like they were trying to be sneaky because even when they try to like half pick up a body to like pretend they were carrying it off, and then as soon as the guy walks away, he just drops a leg. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I, I don't know. Like I maybe, maybe I'm just getting too caught up in it, but it just seemed kind of goofy. What you're saying like, is this should have been a night scene, so that explosion looks all the more better. I thought they would have done it at night, or at least I think like been sneaky, so, but I don't know. Doesn't matter. Chris, bear in mind one. They just like westerns don't happen at night. That's we all know that. Two, this is a time period where they would have had to film day for night, so it would have been this weird blue filter over what they yeah, currently had. That's true. Uh, well, Forster, to be fair, and speaking of other great westerns, uh, the you know most recent True Grit happens exclusively at night, pretty much. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess you're allowed campfire scenes at night because otherwise exactly. it doesn't make yeah. any sense. You're right. You're right. There are but some exceptions. only, only, only if there are beams at the campfire. Otherwise, you're not allowed. <laughs> yeah. Well known fact. <laughs> yeah. Um, amazing guys. So that that'll wrap up our recasting. Let's go back into our list. Um, you know, talk about who we talk about who we recasted, and then you guys and I, and you know, everyone knows the drill. We'll tell each other if our new movies are as good worse or better than the original uh so starting with me i picked uh, angel eyes played by luke evans tuco played by pedro pascal and blondie played by michael fassbender i, I mean it's a good movie yeah i think it's it's, it's know, def- definitely as good yes uh, uh, that's what i'm trying to i'm trying i'm debating whether it's better or not because i'm like eli wallach does such a good job at tuco but i'm like but pedro pascal could I do really want to see that too. So I'm going to say better. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to say better. I'm going to I'm going to stick with as good, but I would definitely like I would really I would enjoy this movie. Yeah. This is this is a movie that I didn't think I was going to be able to like even recast from like no cuz like the the people do a really like they all do a really good job of playing mm-hmm. their characters. But in rewatching it I was like, you know, it's not that reliant on most of the characters to like over like do a lot of acting except for Tuco. And now you're a new Pedro Pascal was playing him. So I was like, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the main character. That's what you need. And I, you nailed it, Chris. Um, I, I wish I had thought of Luke Evans. <laughs> I assume it took me like, honestly, I watched half the movie today before I even wrote down a single name. It took me, it, it was so hard for me because I'm like, I don't want to just pick the most obvious kind of like A-list Hollywood dudes necessarily. Like there are guys who I thought about for like Blondie and, and, and Angel Eyes Tuco, like, I'm like, ah, I can do, a, I can do better than just picking the first three guys who are listed on IMDb. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when I saw, when I was thinking and I came across Luke Evans, I'm like, that's, that's the fucking guy for sure. Because it hit me like, oh, it's perfect. Especially because yeah. he just rocks that same mustache all the time anyway. Because he's got yeah. that 1950, 1950s transatlantic Hollywood good looks. <laughs> yeah. It is really good. He should have played Howard Stark for the record. <laughs> yeah. Well, who, who'd, who'd they pick? Uh, like, oh, uh, in, in in Captain America is a different, I mean, it's two Howard Starks. Although it's weird they have John Slattery as like more modern Howard Stark. And then in the um, 40s and 50s, it's the guy from uh, Preacher, right? Dominic Cooper, yeah. Yeah, who's great, but it's like they do, like there's no way Dominic Cooper aged into John Slattery. <laughs> like, they don't. I, I mean, he's a rich guy, maybe a bunch of facelifts, who knows? Their heads are a different shape. <laughs> bunch like, of just, face and head lifts chris <laughs> yeah but i mean like it would be like dominic cooper is great and then luke evans would have been a great modern day but i mean john's i mean john's lottery is fucking amazing too bit of a silver fox so yeah you, you either try and find someone yeah i mean you bring up excellent points here but anyways luke evans i yeah i god i really wish i had thought of that pick but still like your movie i i mean i would 100 percent want to see your movie and I, I think I want it better. Like, I think it's better because Pedro Pascal is perfect, like, standard for Eli Wallach, but I like Luke Evans more than Lee Van Cleef. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Sam, give us your list, my friend. Cool. I did, uh, I cast uh, Ron Perlman as Angel Eyes, John Carlo Esposito as Tuco, and Hugh Jackman as The Man With No Name. So I think this movie is as good very, this is a darker movie. Like, like yours is the Quentin Tarantino movie instead of a Sergio Leone movie. 
Like, I think it would be really good. And it would, I like, I like, I, I'm going to say good things about it. I was a little bit kind of like, ah, uh, I don't know. Cause especially with like John Carlos Pazito, I mean, like he is a fun dude and a nice dude in real life, like all the interviews and everything I've seen. So I think he could do it. I just want, I don't want to see it, but like, yeah, your, your movie's just yeah. a little more hardcore. Like there's more stakes in your movie. <laughs> like it could be more like a, like a Christopher Nolan or a, yeah. yeah it feels much more like a 90s western is the best way to put it where the, yeah. everything had like even though things were still a little hokey it was like much like a little, little uh little wild west not, wild not wild that west. one not that one not that 90s one <laughs> <laughs> no i like it sam i think yeah. i think as good because it's it's definitely a different tone but i i think it would be fucking good movie nope yeah, I, I think you know what I think yours is more um, no country for old men as opposed to three ten to Yuma. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> except you just call it what country for old men. <laughs> yeah, this is the countryside. These are the old men. Yeah. I uh, so I I kind of agree with Chris in a lot of ways. I'm like this. It is a good movie. It's a very different movie. I don't like it as much as the original. Because I I feel like, yeah, Esposito's a tough one where I'm like, if he can do this role, he can do this role, but Tuco really makes this movie. I don't know. I don't like it as much. I'm not going to say, I'm not, it's a good movie, but I'm not going to say as good. Cool. Um, so I think there's, that's like the there's first an answer for that. that. Yeah, well, it's, the, the, it's tough because I'm like, I like I would go see that movie, but it feels more like, like 310 to Yuma than it does like Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Like, it's still a good movie. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it, less it def- fun. Definitely, it's, <laughs> it's just less. less it fun. is a little bit less fun for sure. Yeah, this is an adventure film. Yours is like an adventure in the depression. Because <laughs> he was the thing. The thing specifically about John Carlos Esposito, like he's an amazing actor, but he's not hired for a role to bring the fun. No yeah. one's being like, we need someone to be charming and witty. JC Esposito. If you switched Perlman and uh, Esposito, I would be like, I'd probably be back on board from this movie because it feels like Perlman's the one where he has like, he has a lot of kind of fun energy. Um, no, I mean, it's still good though. Still good. Yeah. It's just, it's just very different kind of vibe. Yeah. Yours might actually win. I don't know if Good, the Band, the Ugly won any awards, but yours would probably win a few at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You'd now that I've said that. It on, you'd see it all over, all over online. What Hollywood brings westerns back? New age of westerns. Thirteen award nominations for the good, Man. the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> I was about to say they, yeah. every time a new western comes out, some reviewer says westerns are back, and you're like, no, they're not. I'm no, sorry. No. <laughs> I wish they were. I I wish they were, but it's it's gone, unfortunately. Sam, your movie is going to win so many kids' choice awards. <laughs> you're getting the slime and everything. Yeah. Fucking right. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Forrester, who, do, who did you cast? All right. Uh, um, for Angel Eyes, I have Carl Urban, uh, Tuco, Pedro Pascal, and Blondie, Sam Claflin. I think this is good. Uh, I think it's it's along, it's sort of along the lines of my pick, or my picks. I, I think it's in the same vein. I think you and I stuck really close to the original uh, original cast and, and the, the original kind of energy of the movie. So yeah. I'll say it's definitely as good. Like I would definitely I, see this movie. The only so right now, like the only draw to see the movie is Pedro Pascal for me. The you other like Carl the, Urban? 
eh. the other the other actors don't really carry that much of like a, a weight for me uh like i'm not like and like i'm not super super familiar with like a lot of their work so like yeah i i think that's fair it feels yeah. but that also feels to me feels like the original where like clint eastwood was a draw and if you watched a lot of spaghetti westerns you'd recognize like a few of the other actors yeah but you're not really going to see like you'd go to see this maybe for clint eastwood and that's kind of it yeah um yeah i think that's probably true at the time i think what, i don't know it's hard it's 59. hard to say i don't i don't really know who was big in the in the 60s yeah well i'm trying to think of the last the man with no name was it did it start in like 59 or something like that no, or maybe i think it started like 62 63 so i think they made them like one after one like right after another interesting anyways yeah no fair enough i'm i'm not going to win any awards this is a so, sam what was your what was your verdict i don't know like i don't know as good yeah Okay. As good with a shrug. As good good with a shrug. Okay. You know what? That is a valid response because I know in previous times I've been like, Chris's movie is not as good, but I would go see the hell out of it. Yours is like the opposite where it's like as good, but I I might not see it. Maybe on TV. (laughs) I I definitely watch it when it was on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I'll take it. (laughs) All right. Awesome, boys. That, um, That'll pretty much wrap it up for our conversation about the good, the bad, and the ugly, which they also kind of named after the three of us. And listeners, I'll leave it up to you guys to decide who's who. Um, and, and speaking of listeners, thank you everybody for listening. We we really appreciate it. We hope you're having fun with the episodes and all the movies we choose. We hope it's also a great way for you to like remember old movies that you're like, oh yeah, I love that one. Maybe you're watching them again after we uh, do episodes and, and making your own picks. And if you are, honestly, please tweet at us um, at CinemaSwap on Twitter. Uh, send us your picks and you know follow us on Instagram. You'll see a lot of the great artwork that Forrester's uh, doing up for us for the episodes. I mean, I tweeted it too, but you know, Instagram's always a great way to th- throw those likes on the photos. Um, you know, if you're listening on a platform with reviews and ratings, give us those sweet, sweet five stars because they're worth more to us than Confederate gold. <laughs> no, no, they don't. If you have Confederate gold, I'd, please yeah, send g- the Confederate g- give, gold. Give us, give us the gold. I would rather okay, $200,000 yeah, cash. If yeah, any really of you listeners do. have $200,000 uh, worth of Confederate gold, you can also send that. We'll, we'll get a P.O. box. You can send it to well, that's we, totally fine. Yeah, I will I, journey I, I tell, you, I tell you what, if, if you do that, we will, we, we will film and post us uh, having a Mexican standoff. Mm-hmm. I'll shoot With both these guns. guys. Yeah, with real, real guns. At, the, at least, <laughs> at least one of us will die. <laughs> I, don't think any of us, I don't think any of us are that good of a shot. We're all gonna miss. <laughs> yeah. Blow our eardrums out, and that'll be. Ah, it. fuck! It's so loud. How do you use these things? It's okay. My, hear, my hearing's already shit. It's not gonna get that much worse. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, man, and uh, you know, more important than all of that, listeners, enjoy your movie watching. Bye. 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 Dun 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 dun.